0: Creatures from cyberspace. Oh boy. Mark's got it down, bro. I don't have that. I don't I can't do it. You can't? I don't have hit the <laughs> hey. Hello what I sound
1: my... like <laughs> 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 Krusty the Clown, you know? Give us your give us your best macho, man. <laughs> Ooh, brother. Got you for 35 minutes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, when you do the Grave Talk opening, the cream rises to the top.
0: That's the thing, you know, you've got it down so great that I would just do a poor imitation of your opening.
1: We should just play a clip from No Hole's Bar with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, I would like that. Why don't you guys make my charity
2: work, brother? <laughs> <laughs> hey, all you creatures. Welcome to another episode of the Grave oh, Talk you know, podcast. we could do it
0: in sections. You do the, hey, all you creatures...
1: Are we are we about to harmonize? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, hit that high see you guys.
1: Uh, Hello. Keep it up. Uh, Hello.
2: Okay.
1: Hello. Oh, my God. Now Everyone just tuned out. For you. Everyone just tuned out.
2: You're listening to the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, how are we doing today? How
1: you doing?
0: I'm doing. You know, it's a beautiful day, actually. There's a change. It is a gorgeous day yeah. today. Most of the time, we're complaining about the weather. Now, I'm... We're in our beach it. cabana
1: recording yeah. outside. We have seagulls. We have oh waves crashing. <laughs> I was actually going to leave it blank so you could actually edit sound effects in there, but I like the fact that you did them with your mouth. It sounds. <laughs> Michael Winslow's in the studio today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Beep, boop, bop, boop.
2: Oh, man. I did that. <laughs> what the <fuck> was that? <laughs> he makes a lot of robot yeah. noises, too. okay. Uh, I did
1: that, man, a disservice. Wow. That was our, our, our best post Cold Open ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're here to talk about another movie.
2: Yeah. You guys got anything to mention or note before we get going today?
1: I saw Hellboy.
2: Oh right, that thing is just getting slaughtered. in the reviews,
1: skewered. What is your take on it? I haven't seen it yet.
0: Ooh, um,
1: so this movie—I wish we had a clip of it. But um, this movie opens up with a voiceover over a scene of like panning, like the camera turns from upside down to right side up of a dead body on a battlefield, and the narrator's like. The year was 1417, King Arthur, blah, blah, blah. And he was a real prick, blah. And I was like, oh, boy. Like, the narrator, the the opening line of the movie sounds so like, oh, God. I, like, leaned over to, like, my friends and I was like, we're in trouble.
2: So it stumbled right out the
1: gate. It out sounds like. the fucking gate. Now, that being said, there is some great redeeming qualities of this movie that miss every shot they take. <laughs> I love this movie for the fact that I will compare it to like Miami connection. I will compare it to movies like face off, like really shitty action movies that just shot for the moon, but missed the mark so hard. This movie was a checklist. I think everything about it was just like, we've got it. We've got a built in audience. We can just do like, is this in the book? Put it in. Does it make sense? No, just put it in. The fans are going to love it they did not know how to market this movie. God, there's some, I should just do like a whole like fucking 30 minute episode about this. But yeah, no, it started out basically being like, because you demanded it back. Then it was all like, it's going to be a horror movie. And then it was like, it's rated R. Like they kept rebranding how they were marketing it. Like they just couldn't figure it out. And then, um, why didn't they just market it like a comic book movie? Well, it's has been a real tough though, because it came out right between Shazam, which actually hit really well. And was really well received, and right between Avengers Endgame. It's like the worst place to be. It'd be like standing between like um Joe Magliello, I can't say his last name, and like Idris Elba, and me shirtless and like having women be like, look at me. And they're just like, No, I'm good. I'm gonna look at the two sides around you. Like it's just it's like it seemed like a poor release window for this movie for sure. It yeah. was just up against it. And I think the guy, David Harbour, uh, who played Hellboy. He looked great. I think he had some of, it, but he did not have any charm of Hellboy. The thing about Hellboy is he's not just a quip factory. He's not just a, a tough little quip factory, you know, (laughs) like he, he actually like is, it's kind of how he copes. I don't think they understood the characters. I don't think they understood the world. I think they were like out to make a comic book movie. They had a checklist and they just ran through it. Now I think everyone swung for the fences. Um, the set design, the costume, fucking beautiful. The monster designs, gorgeous. This movie looked great. There was a few CG moments where it's like, oh, okay, you guys didn't quite have that effect down as flawless as you should have. So not, not so much uh, harmed by the budget? Uh, oh, I, th- I think it was harmed by the budget, but no. I think that's from maybe either what they edited out or what they didn't get a chance to shoot. The editing is, it's paced very awkwardly. Um, it jumps around like <clears throat> its location changes are like Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. Um, basically you could tell like, it seems like they cherry picked everything that was popular from different movies. The soundtrack is very guardians of the galaxy. And the fact that like they pick songs that don't really fit the moment, but you could tell they'd be like, Oh, let's put this fun little like Mumford and (laughs) and son song here. That'll be kind of humorous. And it's like, no, like you don't get it. Like, it seems like they picked everything that worked from other movies and tried to throw it all into this. And they're like, it's the perfect recipe. And it's like, yeah, but y'all don't know how to cook. You know? (laughs) Um, that being said, I think I was like 15 minutes into it, and I was like, oh, this is bad. This is very bad. One of my friends walked out of wow. the movie. Whoa. Um, it was about, about halfway through. They walked out of the movie. Um, <clears throat> this was not at my screen. This was at their showing. We finished it, and I got to say, I enjoyed it from a best attempt action movie perspective,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: this movie is not great, which That's is so bummer. upsetting because... It had potential. They set it up for a sequel. I love Hellboy and I love the movies. I love the comics. I mean, I'm just, it's very upsetting to be like, oh, this is the nail in the coffin for a good while.
2: That's unfortunate. This was directed by Neil Marshall, who also did The Descent we just did recently. Oh. Um, would you recommend
1: The Descent over this one? No. <laughs> You're going to have way more fun with Hellboy than you will The Descent. And again, uh, Mia Jovovich, I, I'm not a huge fan of her acting, but like, Everyone gave it their all. But, you know, there was just, I don't know. Like, I just feel like maybe, I don't know if it's a director thing or if it was like a, a death by committee thing, but mm. it all just feels a little off. Like, it feels like Bizarro World. Like, everything should be working here, but it's just not working. Um But you'll have a good time if you just want to go see a shitty action movie.
2: Well, Mila did go on record saying a few days ago that all of her raddest films have been slammed by critics take that with a grain of salt or as you will, if you like Miller's movies, then you might like this one. <laughs>
1: this is definitely going to have a cult following at some point. This will definitely have like a cult following Cause again, it's, it's fun to watch if you're not expecting a good movie. And so I don't think that's anything. I wouldn't put that on the director. I wouldn't put that on. I, I think this is bigger than any one individual piece of the puzzle. Um, I'm, I'm just not going as deep into it as I really want to, because it's really complex of how this whole thing played out. But, um, a great thing. Spoiler alert for Hellboy. If you don't want to hear it, pause it for just a second. But like,
0: that's not going to help. You want to fast forward. Yeah. Fast forward or whatever.
1: (laughs) However however audio works. But the final climax, there's some stuff that goes down. You're like, Oh my God. Okay. This is rad. This is going to be the coolest shit we've ever seen. Let's go. And then the resolution for that is so anticlimactic. And then boom, we're done with the movie. There's like a little epilogue and you're oh, like, what the fuck? Like, did we not get to see? We're not going to do any of this. We're not going to have any of this payoff. What are y'all doing? It's and for then, the sequel, man. Well, it, no, it was just clearly one of those things. It was like, we don't have the budget. Or we don't uh, have the time ran to, out right, of to actually do this stuff. So let's show this cool stuff. And then it's gone. And you're like, what the fuck, man? But anyway, um, I would recommend seeing it on streaming. You should okay. watch it because you might really enjoy it. You might really enjoy the movie for like, I love Tank Girl. I don't think Tank Girl is going to win any Oscars. I don't think it's going to fucking win anything. But like, I love Tank Girl. I feel the same way about Hellboy, the new Hellboy. Um, it's going to find its cult following. It's pretty rad for what it is, but it is not a good movie. There you I'm have gonna leave it, it at
0: that. <laughs> Mike drop. All
2: right, you, the listener, decide what you will.
0: We report. You decide. Who says that? <laughs> I, I think someone I don't like. So
2: probably. <laughs> Uh, well, I got one other bit that won't take too long, but I wanted to bring it up. Glenn Danzig is going to direct a vampire spaghetti western. I read about this.
0: That could be cool.
2: No, he's done Yay. one other film. I don't know if it's released yet, but he has one based on a comic book called Verodic. Verodic was his comic book. Okay. I know he, nothing about it. Is that movie out yet? Or is that still on I explain? don't know
1: if the movie's out yet, but um, it's basically... <laughs> <laughs> it's everything you'd expect from Danzig. It's like demons and sex and overtly bondage violence, and it's it's pretty crazy. The art's not bad for when it came out. Mm-hmm.
2: I might be on board for a vampire spaghetti western.
0: Yeah, the concept sounds cool. Let's yeah. see how they execute it, but you
2: think he's gonna do as well as Rob Zombie? Few can. Has he directed
1: anything other than maybe some music videos of his? Who? Danzig? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not really versed in Danzig's uh, <laughs> you know, film career. But um, I, I, I say this. I, I like what Danzig's done. I don't know if he necessarily has the chops to do a film thing. But I know a lot of people said the same thing about Zombie when he started. And there's some people that still believe that Zombie doesn't have the chops. But I, I love what Rob Zombie does. I'm willing to give Danzig a shot. I'd love to see what he can bring to it. He's got a very unique vision of how he like wants certain things to play out. So cool. Let's give it a shot. I wonder how many more of these rock
2: and rollers are going to start making movies. Be Only time
0: will tell. That's true. And this is hard to believe, listeners, and I feel like I did let you down, but i watched no movies since we've recorded besides uh, this one.
1: What? Mm-mm-mm. Y'all,
0: it's fucking... I don't know what it is about summertime when everything suddenly wants your attention, but... All the winter, all the summertime. <laughs> so life goes. But, uh, but hopefully I can get back to digging away at uh, Amazon and now Hulu Hulu's been making original horror films what yeah Okay. Uh, they partnered with Blumhouse. The one that I have watched, I watched it a long time ago. It was literally so bad. It was too bad to even bring up here. Okay. So I didn't even mention that I watched it. So
2: you're just going to transfer dumpsters?
0: That's, yeah. Out well, of the Amazon I've,
2: dumpster and into the trash. Mi- Out
0: of the trash, <laughs> into the trash. <laughs> yes. I've mined that dumpster. So like a horror raccoon, I'm scurrying <laughs> off to <laughs> a raccoon to uh, another dumpster to find some Can uh, we draw uh, a picture shit? of him like, like, so. like a <laughs> you know, horror raccoon?
2: Absolutely. Well, we look forward to your scurrying reports on the future of Hulu horror. Keep
0: everyone updated.
2: All right. With that, let's get into today's movie. Possum from 2018. This one was written and directed by Matthew Holness.
0: Can I interrupt you? If I were a better podcaster, I would have said like a trash possum so that it tied in instead of raccoon, but I'm shitty at my job. God. Yeah.
2: Your amateurness has been noted. Yeah. Can we replace John (laughs) with a raccoon? Yeah. All right, this one, uh, Possum 2018, stars Sean Harris as Philip, Alan Armstrong as Morris, Simon Bubb as Mr. Evans, and Andy Blythe as Michael's father. Here's what the back of the DVD has to say about this one. Possum is a supernatural horror combining the stark psychodrama of George Romero's Martin with the uncanny terror of Dead of Night. Almost unspeakable horror. (laughs) Uncanny terror. The film draws on the dark nightmares of silent expressionist horror, British classics such as The Innocents and Don't Look Now, as well as a claustrophobic suburban gothic of Pete Walker's Frightmare. Possum will terrify in the best tradition of classic horror cinema, evoking an atmosphere of supernatural dread and
0: creeping horror. There it is. Almost. Almost. Almost unspeakable. Someone got a thesaurus. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was the whole thing? That was it? That's it. You know how you can tell it's a great movie? They had to compare it to like, I don't know, 20 different movies? <laughs> you know how you can tell it's a great
1: movie? They didn't actually talk about the movie. True. They just compared it and said a bunch of hyperbole.
2: You know, I, I'm actually okay with this because it tells you what type of horror movie it is. Because it's like an expressionist horror. You know It made mean? a this bunch of it? references
1: to films that no one's ever <laughs>
2: yeah. seen.
0: If if well, you let's be
2: clear. This came out in the UK. This was made there. So maybe
1: those are more popular on that side of the
0: pond. Maybe. You'll like this obscure movie if you like these other movies nobody watched. If uh, you
1: like the smell of your own thoughts, you're going to love this trash smell. You're like, oh boy. Rotten Tomato has it at an 88% with Bullshit. the critics.
2: 33 uh, of them. Critics Uh, would love this movie. Audience score is 53% out of 323.
0: I'm surprised 50% of people who watch this movie liked it.
1: I feel like that can't be right. Hold on. I got (laughs) to double
0: check this. We're we're getting some real time fact checking. I cannot be okay with this. Hold (gasps) on. I'm looking at 300,000 people watch this movie. I, you don't need to look at
2: your phone. Look at my computer. I'm showing you right now. Photoshop. Save yourself some that's time. Photoshop. Shop, bro. Look at the
1: pixels, man. User reviews: five out of ten. Wow. IMDb rating: five point six out of well, ten. Well, I suppose
2: this answers our question. Do you think Garrett's going to like this one? Yeah, Who I
1: Metacritic, did ask. it. <laughs> Metacritic: sixty four percent. Wait, what is based on five reviews? Okay. Oh, All right. Yeah. Before we get going on this movie, I would really recommend
2: the listener to go ahead and check this out if it's interest to you at all. There's a lot of symbolism and a lot of things that you're going to want to put together yourself. Once we kind of spell it out, it's going to lose a lot of its impact. Especially that, yeah, the, the movie loses stuff once you know what's going on. Yeah. So pause now if you want to watch it. It's on Amazon Prime at the time of the recording. Check it out and come back. I like this movie.
0: I liked this. I would like this movie if it were uh, eight minutes long.
1: Eight okay, minutes, give it at least my second, 30 My minutes. second note is like, this is the best short film that ever got drug out into a yeah. long film.
2: So just to give you an idea, this was based on an adaptation of a short story by the same writer-director. Oh,
1: you um, don't say. Yeah, I do say. I'm telling people
2: that may not know that,
1: Garrett. No, no, I mean, I didn't know that, but this film feels like it was like a 10-minute oh, thing that got drug out into an hour and a half.
2: Um, an anthology horror story collection named the new the new Uncanny Tales of Unease came out and this was part of it. Um, was it was like three see,
0: paragraphs or so.
2: Um, I actually purchased it after watching it on uh, Kindle. It okay, was, see uh, this actually
1: sounds like if this was like a, a short, a short like 10 15 minute little movie and there was a bunch of them that were similar to this, I would probably love that film.
0: Yeah, that would have been cool. If it were part of an anthology like the author intended, Yes, uh, that would work really well.
1: Yeah, my second note was like, I swear to God, this has got to be a short film.
0: This movie is 85 minutes long, and it will conservatively take you seven and a half hours to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right.
2: I don't know. I, I, I understand what you guys are saying, but I the, the mood and the tone of the film is so unsettling throughout that I was just never allowed to relax back in my chair just watching this character. Uh, the, t- the main character's name is Philip. Kind of go about his day and he's struggling and he's deeply disturbed. Um, Just right out the gate, you get a sense of this character is there something wrong. See, I
1: didn't get the idea that he was disturbed. I just felt
2: like he was just like, kind of like. Did you. Dude, the, his face was never a smile. It was
1: always a creepy frown. In the just the look on face his face, like a ventriloquist figure. He had such frown yeah. lines that, like, it looked like like a jaw that was disconnected. That this a man face like a slapped ass. Yeah, <laughs> Philip was never at ease. No, throughout I, the entirety of this
0: movie. I think like the acting was really great. Yes. the cinematography, fucking awesome. Yes, there was just no story to like carry it yes. for that long.
2: Well, it's definitely relying on the visuals and the sound and the mood and the, and you know all yeah. that to get, propel this. Let's uh, and I'm okay with that. I actually we'll get back uh, from to the time, sound, to time I really enjoy a film that doesn't use a lot of dialogue.
1: I'm fine with that too, except for the fact that and during the silent times, it was him standing around staring at <laughs> shit, and you're like, "That's great. I get it. It's a fucking creek, bro." Like either. I get it. You're deep in thought. You've been deep in thought for 45 minutes now, like shit or get off the pot. And don't get me wrong. You're absolutely right. The cinematography was fucking gorgeous. The the unease of the film was perfect. Like they nailed the fact that I never felt at ease. The problem is I was uneasy and bored off my ass at least 50 percent of the time. The the soundtrack was trash. It's not
2: a soundtrack, though. It's mood music. It's like clarinets and synthy, you yeah. know, undertones yeah, to except, set a except when sense something of happens. unease.
1: And when something happens, though, it just becomes like fucking ear-piercing noise. You're not buying
2: this on vinyl. This is not a, an album you're going to put True. On do not-, not
0: tell that to whoever wrote the Wikipedia article for Possum, <laughs> okay. which goes into a lot of detail about the soundtrack. Does it really? So- yes. It lists every track. Like, they're, it's like... Really weird, like an some, opus. Yes, yeah, some, some probably the person who scored this movie wrote that Wikipedia <laughs> article. I, was, I think uh, the
2: soundtrack is pretty standard fare for an expressionist t- style. Okay, type yes, character.
0: but the thing is, this movie
1: didn't didn't pose itself like the trailer. I watched the trailer before we started because I was like, "What am I getting into?" It did not pose itself as an expressionist art piece. Well, maybe next time, read the back of the box. Well, here,
0: let me tell. <laughs> I, I don't have a
1: back. I had to go off of Amazon, and the, the description on Amazon yeah. was like, "A disturbed gentleman basically deals with something," and you're like okay. That's why I watched the trailer. The description was so bare bones. I was like, let's watch this trailer. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it's like, this puppet, this puppeteer, this family history. And I'm like, great. That barely existed. Yeah.
0: I never heard of this movie. I didn't watch the trailer and so I was wildly disappointed it wasn't a monster movie about a (laughs) possum. I was... But completely you, expecting something very different. And then I was like, okay, but you did see the cover, right? Well, once I well, got to Amazon, I was okay. like, Oh, I signed up for a
1: different type yeah, of movie. My than roommates I is thought. the same thing as like, There's no possum in this film. I was like, nope, there's not.
0: Like, just from the title possum, I thought, okay, we're doing another 80s monster film. That's what I actually thought. Well, (laughs) possum, I think, referred to the plain dead aspect.
1: Plain possum. Uh Yeah, I was
2: going to say, did you guys get the symbolism of the film? Because that's what makes this movie good.
1: Yes. Well, actually, there's, there's a whole credit to the filmmaker. The way the film plays out, and the way it plays, like, it really boring until shit starts happening and stuff like that, and the, they keep dropping this line of like all these little hints of like what playing possum is and like playing dead until, you know, it's not. And like the thing is, one could argue and we'll get to the spoiler alert about like what the ending is. One could argue that the whole film was basically playing possum until the end thing happened. So I get it. It was actually well executed in that like that concept. It actually played out really well. And I was like, oh, that's actually really well Symb- done. Symbolic. Symbolic. But again, you could have done that in 35, 40 minutes. I'm not going to say
2: that I don't think it could have been a short anthology film attached to a, to a, to a bigger project, but I'm not going to fault the movie into a negative review of it for it.
1: That's, that's where I am with this movie. Okay. We're done with the podcast. No, I'm scared. <laughs> Did you guys notice who made this movie? The fizz facility. No, I didn't catch that. <laughs> it's a yeah. very joyful name <laughs> for a very downer movie. The, um, the, the, one of the companies that brought you this movie is called the fizz facility. And I was like, Okay. So when I saw that, I was like, we're in for an interesting movie because I thought maybe they did like certain types. No, just a name. Well, all right. It's a good name. But I love the name. Yes.
0: There was no fizz in this movie, if you're wondering.
1: Well, the movie kicks off. It it has a
2: very stylized and great intro of like a duotone colored old photography as the credits roll. And I think that really kind of leans in, okay, this is going to be one of them art house
1: films. (laughs) Oh, Uh, absolutely. And it was very creepy. Yes. It was like, it was playing, I was like, ooh, we might actually have some like creepy old school like horror action here. And the location of the film
2: is in Finland, UK, over in in Great Britain. You mean Um, Finland? No, F E N L A N D. Oh, Finland. Finland. Okay. It's um, a
0: city. Yeah, it's, it's, called a, it's a land. part of
2: Great Britain. It's yeah. not in the country of Finland. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, it's not a
0: city. It's an island or whatever the fuck it is. It doesn't matter.
2: We don't know our geography. It's an archipelago. We would fail any tests <laughs> from high school. At
0: this Wait, what's part. an isthmus again? Oh. <laughs> uh,
2: the movie kicks off with our character, Philip, on a bus. He's carrying around with him throughout the entirety of a film a bag. With a puppet in it. He is he on a is, bus
1: or a train? I thought he was on a train.
2: Did I say bus? I he meant, said bus. Okay, train. He's, He's on mass
1: train. transportation. Mass yeah.
2: transportation. Um, he is a disgraced puppeteer.
1: Okay. That's I have I have my movie notes. As you guys know, I take notes as I watch movie. And then I have a whole list of questions at the end that I was like, these were never answered. I want to know. How was he disgraced?
0: Pedophilia. That's what I assumed.
1: Well, because he said, like they say, you know, like like I I heard about your performance at the college. And how you're not allowed back anymore. The movie never tells us. Like, you're correct.
2: I kind of wanted to find out. But again, like John said, you can draw your own conclusions. It was probably
1: something... um,
0: Exhibitionist, maybe. I don't know. Something sexual. Maybe, Uh, because
1: he was like, he's like, I heard about your performance and how the love let you come back. And he's like, don't worry. After I get rid of this puppet, they will. And I'm like, okay, something happened with the puppet. You know, like the performance, like maybe they're yeah. like they sacrificed a child
0: on stage or something like, like. But he was disturbed, so I just assumed that was just like rambling. Like didn't actually like he was just hoping everything would be better after Oh, that.
1: I know. I mean I didn't think he was actually gonna get like redeemed and get yeah. allowed back, but I'm like, what the fuck happened at the college? Because they he said the performance is what got you kicked out. And I'm like, what was this performance?
0: Maybe he just got on stage and cried. <laughs> and they Maybe. were like, bro, Came this is not
1: sad clown makeup. Yeah. And he just cried on
2: stage. We
0: hired you for puppetry. I don't know what this is, but uh, <laughs> not in my college.
2: <laughs> yeah. You find out really early on that Philip is disturbed, though. So as the movie follows him around, we're going to get a very un, uh, Reliable narrator. Yes. Unreliable narration of this man's life. Uh, oh. A lot of scenes of him, like waking dreams, can't of skip terror
0: things. Tremendous voiceover. Like, are they reading the story since you read the story? Are those lines from the story?
2: Either, I haven't the got poem. that far yet. Yeah. The poem I haven't yeah. got to the point. Yeah. of the Yeah. There is
0: a ton of voiceover in this movie.
2: Right. At some point in Philip's life, he drew and uh, wrote uh, almost like a children's story.
0: Yeah. But kind of but, a like disturbing a one. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. dark.
2: Uh, some, I do have a little excerpt of it here. Happy Valley painted black, all the children in a sack, wave goodbye to sun and moon, say hello to black balloon. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the, maybe that was his
0: performance. He put all these kids in a sack, killed them. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure his
1: ass wouldn't be able to get to go back home after (laughs) he killed kids on stage. Maybe it was a
0: metaphorical thing.
1: Yeah. And we do see a lot of visuals references
2: to the, uh, story details.
0: Oh, they, Um, they art
1: house it up and they just cut to random like visuals. So you're like, okay, what's up with these balloons with black smoke? And later on, like when you hear the poem, you're like, Oh, that's representative of part of the story. But it takes place in these flat, these fast cut flash edited, like waking, like mismatch patchwork nightmares. And you're just like, okay, we just saw a bunch of stuff. What the fuck is that about? And it's not until later when you start hearing the poem. You're like, oh, this is shit that's still going in his head. Well, isn't
0: the poem like it opens with a voiceover. There's a voiceover very, very quick. Right right away, it opens up with
1: like, like it's like. Black weirdness, and yeah. then like you, you hear him say the first couple lines of the poem, and then
0: I was like, "Man, what, what is happening?" Because there was that weird <laughs> intro, and then I'm like, "Oh fuck, voiceover. That's not a good sign." But then it was a creepy voiceover. But then, yes, it was over black. This movie's sending me all kinds of mixed signals here.
2: Yeah, it like I said, it doesn't let you settle into any comfortableness throughout. Um, the the box actually has part of it on there as well. I think. Can you spy him deep within, little possum, blackest sin? That was actually the tagline for the movie. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's also part of the story. But Philip is on his way back to his childhood home on the train. He sees some teen boys.
0: Just doing their own shit, really. Doing their own thing. Yeah. And
2: he's just staring them down and one catches eyes with him and it feels really uncomfortable.
0: Really one
1: of, the, one of the kids is like sketching in a, in a sketchbook while the other kids are like like kind of roughhousing and being your typical adolescent boys on the train.
2: Yeah. And I think because of this, Philip felt a connection with this he kid. Did. Because he drew and narrated his possum story in right. the past. Yes.
0: The kid he, did not have a connection with Philip, though. Well, oh, not no. in real life. Yeah. no,
2: not not at all, not not personally, no. not on any level. He's <laughs> clearly weirded out by this. yeah, day. yeah. So Philip gets off the train and he uh, comes up to an old dilapidated house. This house is disgusting. yeah, inside and out. There's almost no lick of furniture that I could see, except for maybe one room here or there had like full of newspapers and a chair. yeah., um, but the, like, the living room itself, yeah, was completely empty. Yeah.
0: I need a good power washing.
2: Yeah, he comes inside, and he's calling out for a man named Morris, and he puts down his bag that contains his puppet. Should we go ahead and describe the puppet?
1: Let's go ahead and describe this puppet.
0: It's a good puppet. It's, it's a is, scary puppet, Well, I was a
1: little bit upset because I was like, oh, this is more like a monster as opposed to a puppet, but then the the way it's presented in the movie, it does have very puppet-like like qualities to it, but it's basically like a, a shaved human head With spider, like a little spider body that connects to it and these huge spider legs. So it's like a weird spider puppet head. It looked like a Steam, like a Steam asset you could buy to put in like a a makeshift video game.
2: Yeah, I, Limbo. I was thinking of Limbo when I saw this puppet, the spider
0: legs. Uh, And he's supposed to be a children's puppeteer? I think so. Well, That's maybe step one, because don't fucking terrify the children. Don't make the creepiest fucking puppet in existence.
2: <laughs> yeah. When the character Morris makes his entrance, he says something effective. like, you showing this to kids?
0: Yeah. It's like,
2: <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah the, the the head of the puppet is human. It was actually based on the Philip, uh, the actor. Ah. They cast it on him and put that on the puppet. So That's it's, cool. it's, it's his likeness.
0: It's a creepy puppet, man, but I don't think children's puppeteers are supposed to make the children cry. No,
2: absolutely <laughs> not. So... Throughout the movie, you're going to find out that Philip really does not want to keep this puppet anymore.
1: He's trying to destroy it and failing. Well, he says he wants to destroy it. And Morris is like, you brought your puppet? And he's like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy it. And he's like, oh, damn shame. I'd love to see you give me a demonstration of how it works. And he gets up and leaves. And he takes it outside and puts it in a barrel. And I was like, oh, we're going to burn this puppet right on. No, just leaves it alone. Just puts it in a barrel and walks away. Yeah, I mean... He does spend a lot of time putting
0: it in the barrel, though. He spends a lot of time putting it in the barrel. He spends a lot of time like and the movie shows us all the time he spends putting it in the barrel.
2: Right, but you don't actually know what type of movie you're watching yet. You don't know if this is like a maybe the puppet has a power over him. Maybe it's a spiritual living creature. The puppet
1: does have a power over him, but it's in his mind. That's the thing, is the puppet is symbolic and representative of what happened. I get, know I hadn't got there yet. There, there is we a reveal for the end.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll try to spoil it. I didn't say what it was.
1: I didn't say what it was, but yeah, no, I'm trying to like to not say it either, but like, well, let's, let's get to that because there's a lot of stuff that makes a lot more sense once you know this. So yes, this movie
2: will just touch again on what you guys have an issue with the film is it's a lot of Philip going from place to place, trying to dispose of the puppet either by throwing it in a creek or, burning it and then failing to do so and coming back to the house. That is a beat for beat of like several of these scenes.
0: Yeah. In real time. It's it's Philip's
2: struggle to get rid of his quote unquote
1: baggage. The bag with the puppet in it. Yeah. So it's basically a foreign (laughs) basket case. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Uh, A character named Morris is made known to him after several attempts and failing Um, an old man, very off putting to look at also, but he seems almost jovial or, or nice. You know, when he's first introduced, he's yeah. like, oh, Philip, you're home. Heard about what happened. Shame. You're going to kill the puppet? And he's like, the puppet's not real. He's like, damn shame. I'd like to see that, you know, as you mentioned before. So you don't know who Morris
1: is. What, what is his relationship yeah, I
0: assumed Philip? it was brother for right, quite some time. Because at some point early on, see, I thought like,
2: it was you're his not dad. my dad. Yeah.
1: See, I thought it was his dad, too, until he yeah. finally was like, well, you're not my father. And he's like, this is my house. Don't forget. Philip says that to Morris. Right. And Morris is kind of like, at that point, gets real, like, kind of like. Er.
2: Yeah, so we scratched that one off the list. And then like you, I just assumed it was an older yeah. brother. Uh, you know, like a like a Sawyer situation, you See, know. See, I thought the, it uh, was Elder like Sawyer
1: brother or something. Because you, you find out that his parents died in a fire. Like it's it's brought up briefly. I thought this was just like someone from the town who was taking care of him at that point.
2: Yeah, and uh I think the movie also details that
1: Morris taught him how to be a puppeteer? Yes, he right? did. Mm-hmm. He did. Later on in the So wait, so what happens is like to give you the pacing of this movie, this is how the movie kind of plays out. We get really creepy like little like poem, poetry, art house visual stuff. Then we get a bunch of scenes of Philip walking around, looking at certain things, staring off into the distance, being very disturbed looking. Um then we get like little scenes of him talking to Morris where we get little tastes of the history and the backstory of what's going on. And then Philip gets very either frustrated and leaves or gets very like upset and leaves. And then we get scenes where he goes to try to quote unquote get rid of the puppet and then rinse and repeat for the entirety of the movie. Like that's that's how the movie plays out. Beat for beat. We get that repeated. And it intensifies as it goes on but that's kind of how it plays out.
2: Yeah. And I actually... Thought it was pretty clever the way they delved out, delved out the information little by little, mm-hmm. kind of building. It kept my curiosity. I was like, okay, where is this going? Right. Where is this story going to end? Um, throughout their interactions, Morris continuously says things to he, he like pointing at a pantry and says something from the jar, like in, in saying, you know, do you want a piece of candy out of this jar? And Philip has a very bad reaction to that. Was it Every candy? Single time. Yeah, it was like a oh, like God. a. Gobstopper looking green uh, green piece of candy,
1: so that represents something. It's like, well, why doesn't he want one of those? What is this? I thought they were like glass eyes for puppets when I first saw it. Like he was like, you Uh want one? And he was like, I don't want one of those. And I was like, ooh, cursed eyeballs for puppets. I was like, (laughs) sweet, we're gonna find out that those eyeballs are basically from this cursed area because they also keep talking about how this area is black and tainted. And I thought like, oh, the land that they're on is like when you make puppets here, they basically come to life or something like that.
2: Yeah. And there's a door inside the house that Philip refuses to go into. Yes. Anytime he comes up to it, Morris catches him and said, going in, going in, and we don't know what's happened behind this mysterious yeah. door. And again, like I said, this movie doesn't let you know, is this an actual physical entity that he's carrying around in his, does the puppet come to
1: life at any point? Or is it all in his head? Is this man disturbed?
2: You I think the I, mean? pu- I
1: think the puppet is an inanimate thing that he created, that right. he does have but I don't think it's actually alive.
2: No, absolutely not. But I'm saying the movie doesn't let you know that. Oh, until no, you, you have, get no, to the idea. End. You have yeah. no idea. You have no so idea. That's kind of what I'm going through in my mind when I'm watching. There's like, is this puppet going to get
1: up and walk around for like real, right? You know,
0: I definitely expected that to happen. And
1: they give you scenes that make it seem like that's what it's done. And there's also like the, the fever dream fast clips where like you see it walking around by itself, but you can tell that's like dream sequences yeah. of, but like, yeah, you never actually like in real world, see it moving it's on its Annabelle. own. Yeah. No. Right. No, (laughs) No,
2: it's not a demon throwing a rag doll around. Um, So one of the other story plot points of this is that a boy's gone missing. It's the boy that was on the train that Philip saw. His name was Michael Browning. As this kind of comes along, you know, where is this boy, boy missing? Morris finds a newspaper and confronts Philip is like, this is interesting. This this happened a while back. Do you remember back when the fire happened? This boy went missing He's like I don't know anything about it you know like yeah. uh, but Morris I think Philip is realizing I might have done this yeah. I might be the culprit
0: is this before after he goes and like weirdly stands at the school and just sort of stares at it till he gets chased off it's
1: right right. he does that right before this scene plays out yeah
2: and then he yeah he goes to his old high school and he's just standing outside or his middle school whatever and one of the uh, superintendents or something has to come out and say what are you doing you need to walk away dude get away He's being real creepy (laughs) he's like yes sir sorry sir you know I I just used to go here he
1: immediately like demures to authority too from like someone who's like very kind he's like I'm so sorry, sir. He had a very childlike voice when he was told to like, yeah, he regresses
0: for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Anytime Philip is presented by a stronger authority figure type, he immediately caves and Mm -hmm. becomes submissive. One of the other scenes, uh, while Philip is trying to get rid of this puppet that I thought was really neat. He finds a spidery looking tree that he takes his bag and he puts it in the middle of this tree's branches and all the light completely goes black, except for a spotlight right on Philip in that bag. And that was one of the moments I was like, this is where the puppet's going to come to life. This is it. This is the, the tree of spirituality <laughs> that it. where he births inanimate objects into
0: payoffs coming. Life. See,
1: I thought it was its mother, like buried in the ground upside down. And the tree branches were like the legs sticking out. And he was like, like, I thought he stole the baby spider puppet and like put oh. a fucking human face on it to like cover it up. And I thought he made it, like basically he stole this thing and he made this thing and it was alive on its own. He was like, I can't control it. It's a monster. Wow. I'm going to bring it back to where it came from and I'll get rid of it. I thought that's where the story was going.
0: Nope.
1: Y'all We're had cr-
0: way more intense yeah. thoughts. I was like, this I is thought weird. <laughs> that <laughs> was like this, like, this is like
1: one of like six, like the movie does, does not give you enough information to start piecing the narrative together. So you start filling in the blanks and there's so much of that. And about, I want to say about half of it never fills itself in so i'm still confused about so much stuff but yeah so he takes it to the weird tree he does it a couple times like i couldn't tell if it was the birthplace of the puppet or yeah. what but like he i was starting to ruminate there.
2: an idea that maybe philip has birthed many puppets into existence and this is just his next you know living As creature if you
0: were some kind of maybe puppet master Exactly. Uh-huh. Yes. This, is where, this is where blade <laughs> comes from.
2: Um, yeah, but that's not the case. He also randomly hears his name spoken out loud that immediately triggers him to run off and and you know, go hide.
1: Yeah, when he's about to like do he's like he goes Philip, and he like runs, like, I gotta get out of here. And it's like, Well, what the fuck? <laughs> I think
2: it's in at some point the authorities start to piece together that maybe Philip is the is the
1: suspect. So like he comes home after dicking around with a puppet and doing nothing for four hours Morris is reading like so his little book his little children's book that he wrote where he drew the pictures and it's the poem about uh, the possum and the puppet and stuff like that he hides it in the floorboards in the house and then he comes home one day and um, Morris is reading it out loud bag is open growing wider What's inside it Man or spider
0: Little boy, don't lose your way. Possum wants to come and play. Where'd you get that?
1: Fell. From there. oh yeah. And then he takes it, and then, um, like, it's definitely kind of like, don't read that. That's mine. That's personal. And Morris at that point goes. <laughs> I didn't know you could draw as well. You won't see me again, Mars. One day. Train line's down. Home for the holidays you are. But i watch where you're treading, lad. People are talking. Talking about what? Don't you read the papers? I think someone's going to start asking questions, you know, like really kind of like playing this, like, something's going on. And you're not as clever as you think. And then they cut to the, that night scene where we see the, the cops coming to the house and start poking around. Yeah. And Morris tells Philip, I'm going to go away
2: for a while. And he's like, Philip's like, where are you going? He's like, don't worry about it. It's personal <laughs> business. And yeah, I think when Morris leaves, Philip dives in even even deeper into some sort of psychosis. Oh, yeah. Because later on, you see him like curled up, banging his head against the wall, yeah. like yelling at Morris and all it's kinds like of stuff. Kind of like a breaking
0: point for him. Yeah.
2: The and Judy. there's scenes where, like, he's sitting outside and he's getting black rained on. Yeah. And I thought that looked really neat. Gorgeous scene. Great visual.
0: Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. understand it, but gorgeous.
2: And a lot of the places that Philip is hanging out are like these barren like airfield place it's
1: It's the barracks
2: yeah but yeah he's he he, he continually
1: goes to these places with very little people when he's trying to destroy the puppets when morris says i'm about to go away the next scene after the cops come and poke around the house the next day is when he burns the puppet he throws it in that barrel and he burns it oh because remember he burned it with morris I know, but that's the thing is, yeah, he burns it with Morris, right. and okay. then Morris is gone after that. When he burns that puppet, Morris right. is gone. Mm-hmm.
2: That's true. So, yeah, they finally, I guess Morris helps him get through burning the puppet, mm-hmm. and then
1: Morris is gone. Oh, um,
0: yeah, that's, <laughs> that is exactly what happens. You nailed it. So,
1: there, actually, I have the whole story here, and I'll, I'll piece it together, but let's get to what you're going to talk about. So, Morris is gone. Philip goes into the room that he'd been dreading
2: entrance. Uh, On the floor is just a sheet with some jars of teeth in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two jars. And there's clearly signs of a fire. The walls are scorched and black. And uh, Philip goes over and he picks up these jars of teeth. And he's like looking at it. And then what I thought was almost like a light beam of like a cross kind of shines over his face. So, I'm like trying to figure out what symbolically is happening right here. And the movie fucking got me. I was like, holy shit. It was a good one. And a man in the shadows jumps out at Philip and throws him on the ground. He's wearing a ski mask. And yeah, I was like, okay, you got me, movie. You I got jumped me good. up and was standing <laughs> up with my
1: fist clenched. I was like, what the fuck? I was so like... That jump scare got me so hard. That's how you do a jump scare. Yeah, you, Dude, lull, yeah. you lull someone into a, a false sense of boredness for yeah. a fucking hour, then finally just like, pa-pow, pow, right there in your face.
2: I wasn't bored. I was unsettled. Uh, but yeah, that was, man, I was that like, was okay, great nice, job, movie, yes. nice job, movie, nice job. The the perpetrator re- removes the ski mask, and it's Morris. <gasps> Yeah, and this is where we get the unfortunate backstory of Philip. Mm, it um, gets sad. He was obviously abused by Morris. We you find out it was his uncle. Yep. Uh, I guess after the death of his parents, uh, Morris raised him. Is kind of what I put together. Yeah, so then it's, it's a struggle of Morris trying to force Philip to submit and going through the old story, you know, the same beats that went back when he was a kid. Um, but... Philip actually managed to kill Morris in the scuffle, like breaks
1: his neck. Yeah. There's a hole yeah. in the floor and he's got like, he, he rolls him over and Morris, who's always been very, um, like, what are you doing out there? You're like really kind of condescending and kind of like, you know, like, you know, you shouldn't be playing around with stuff, you know, like, and he's like, and then Philip very much like, you know, re, you know, falls back in on himself and retreats and kind of gets, you know, like very demure. Um, and this one, uh, basically Morris grabs him and he's like, what are you doing here? You want to relive, you know, like you want to, you want to say hi to your parents, you know, you want to, you want to play with the dead or something like that. And then he's like, bends Philip over and he's all like, you know what you need? You need a good spanking and like takes his gloves off. And at this point you see that Morris has these super long fingers like, he's got these really elongated fingers. Yeah, they were odd, for sure. And then um, he's, like, bend over, and I was like, oh, if I got to watch this dude get raped on camera, this is going to be really fucking awkward. Um, it was uncomfortable. Yes, so all he of it, He gets up, and he's like, vi- you can tell this has happened before. There's, this is where you're like, oh, this dude was abused by Morris straight up as a kid. Um, he starts whipping Philip with a belt, and he's like, if you cry, I'm going to start over. like, in really just, like, the creepiest way possible. And then at some point, um, Philip decides, no, I've had enough of this. Turns around, grabs Morris. There's a scuffle on the floor, gets on top of him. There's a hole in the floor. And he starts pushing Morris's head backwards on the edge of this hole and then cracks his neck and basically kills him.
2: So basically the the candy was how Morris was sedating Philip, I right. would assume, to be in, in the past uh, offenses. Then Philip walks over to a suitcase, undoes it, and then out falls the missing boy. It's so
1: weird. He's sitting there, like, giving him the spankings, right? Morris is giving the spankings, and he sees this trunk, and it's moving. And we don't know what's in it. We're like, holy shit, what's in this trunk, right? That's when Philip grows the courage to basically fight Morris. And he fights Morris, kills Morris, and then goes and opens the trunk. And you see that it's the boy that's been missing this whole movie, the one from the train. The boy gets out, runs away, scared. We pan back up to Philip's face, which is a little bit different. Like it's not like physically different, but he has a different air about him. Like he's not doesn't seem so scared anymore. Just seems kind of like now he's just like what now? Well, he goes outside of the house and then sits down, mm-hmm. and that's the end of the film. That's
2: the end of the movie. So, I thought this movie was really well done. Uh, the kind of the symbolism of it, you know, the possum pup that represents the trauma that Philip. Uh, dealt with as a kid
1: the reason it has spider legs is because morris's hands his fingers look like spider legs because remember his thumb was normal size and his four fingers were really long so eight fingers eight long fingers basically the spider legs so he was carrying around this puppet with him that he could never get rid of it's symbolic of the abuse that morris committed on him back when he was a kid
2: yeah, and there is a scene during one of uh, Philip's psychosis breakdowns where the puppet is moving around
1: and it takes its legs and it's going, you know, kind of touching his face. Yeah. Yes, it's very... It never, like, attacks him. It just kind of basically caresses him in weird, fingery ways. Yeah, so, and the reason it's called Possum is because trauma for people that go
2: through this kind of thing will often play dead, but it always come back. Right, so, And that was symbolized by Philip trying to distort the puppet and not being able to.
1: Yeah. That's the thing is he couldn't get rid of it because he couldn't get rid of the the baggage, of the trauma. And it wasn't until he saw that trunk and knew that the kid was inside of it that he decided that he could finally overcome it and stop Morris because he couldn't let that happen to another kid. Now was Morris real though? or Was that in his head? Did He come back because Morris was like, I'm going away for a while. I thought that was because the cops came and knocked on the door and Morris was like, I got to get the fuck out of here before the cops find this kid. But he hung around in that burned room. And I was like, why would you do that? I suppose it could be either way. You know, yeah, I, it, guess the I think the
2: movie kind of leaves it open because yeah. there's times where he's walking around the house going, "Morris, Morris, Morris is gone," and yeah. then Morris just appears. So yeah, there
1: there could be no Morris because I thought he came back to the house. And the thing is, so a little backstory on Morris: Morris used to work at the barracks, the the military barracks, and it was like I think I don't know if it's there, but like I think they made it. They made it seem like you know, like when you're young, you conscribe you. Cons- conscript conscript and so basically he's like that place is black as sin a lot of you know darkness there and I think it's because because Morris worked there at the barracks before it closed down I think he fucking abused people while he was there then when Philip's parents died he went and got Philip, and then basically had his own little like personal whatever True. and um yeah I thought the candy was symbolic of like after he get abused he get candy you know, I didn't think it was like sedating mm. him because he just seemed like he didn't want it. Like, you know, like because it was associated with like bad memories. Yeah, it could be like
0: a uh, bait almost like. Yeah. Like, oh, here, don't talk. Don't worry about it. Here, have a candy. It could be a sedation. It could have been how he lured him into the room. Like, hey, let's go get some candy. Open There's, for interpretation. Yeah. I think yeah, Very some negative symbolism with that candy. Because
2: he does eat one and then he starts having, you know, retching throw up reactions,
0: you know, yeah. to the candy. Right. But it could so, be psychosomatic. I right, think it was sure. just the,
1: the, the taste brought back the memories of,
2: I like the open endness of like what, you know, is yeah. Morris there? Is Morris not there? Was the candy a treat? Was it to sedate? You know, Again, I like the concept
1: and the story is great, but you needed to edit out about 25 to 30 minutes of all the chaff because it was so unnecessary. We got that. He was mentally struggling we got what was going on. Like at one point he he takes the puppet out near the barracks and tries to get rid of it. And he ends up beating it mercilessly. Like fucking good fellas stomping that <laughs> shit. Like basically I want to hear like the die motherfucker from the, like, like the office space when they're beating the printer out in yeah. the field. Like he's just going like ham on that thing because he's been dealing with Morris recently whether in his head or in real life he's had enough like he's fighting it because that's the next time he interacts with the puppet is when he burns it I honestly
2: I don't I don't have a problem with the length because following around this this damaged person I can imagine what somebody with actual issues like that must feel. I think the movie kind of gave a good representation or at least a symbolic one of, you know, the struggles of, you know, some of these victims might be dealing with.
1: Yeah. You just suffer in silence a lot of times. Yeah. And I think, so, but, you know, and that's as fine. He, but again, it was just so much of it.
2: I'd say maybe trim it, trim it down to like an hour. 70 minutes.
1: I say, I say I'd kick I'd okay that thing it. down to an hour because it was an hour and 20. Yeah, take twenty minutes out of that thing, and you've still captured everything still you think, need to
2: capture. I think in twenty minutes out is going to do too much. I think it's going to remove a little bit too much.
1: Yeah, debatable. But you know, that's fair. That's debatable. Um, but Leave yeah, it no, up to you, listeners. Morris Morris head puppetry because he went to the school because that's how he that's how he learned who Philip. I think. See, I don't know if he was his uncle. Did they say he was his uncle? Morris says, yeah. He says your uncle Morris, you know, see, I thought that was just like a nickname. Like I'm your, I'm your uncle Morris because the thing is Morris worked at the barracks and he said that he met the kids and taught them a lesson when he went to the school to perform for them because Morris was a puppeteer and he went to the school to perform as a puppeteer for the kids. Um, And that's how he met the kids. Cause remember he goes, tell me the story about the Fox again. That fucked me up. The Fox fucked me up in this movie. So he Philip starts recanting. He's like, I don't want to tell that story. He's like, go ahead and tell me. And he tells a story about how him and some kids from his school found a fox that was like rabbit or almost dead or something like that. And um they started kicking it, like just kicking the shit out of this fox. And then they started poking it with sticks until it like basically was dead. Philip wouldn't do it, wouldn't join in. So they basically forced Philip's face. To touch the the dead fox and like the part where he'd been kicked and like the open wounds and stuff like that, the kids left and then Philip got up and started walking away and then looked back and the fox got up and um, you think the fox played possum? The fox was playing Aww. possum because Morris said he's like ah that 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 clever fox playing possum until the coast was
0: clear, make him think you're dead. So I was Maybe like, that's what Morris did. He made uh, Philip think he left, but he didn't. He was just hiding in that fucking room for whatever creepy well, that's Morris what saying. reason like, he had. I was like,
1: if Morris was really there, why was he hanging out in that room in a fucking ski mask? Does he just do that during the day? You know, if like, he was there to fuck with the kid or
0: escape. Make like because the kid was the real. Kid. The kid had
1: to be real. Yeah. See, I couldn't tell if the movie was trying to tell us that Philip had actually kidnapped this kid and was going to like. Sexually molest him to like carry the. the I think so because he, he was like he was like you know I taught you puppetry it's a family tradition he's like I'm not your family he's like yes but you're a puppeteer so I think Morris basically that was a a, a metaphor for like he even doesn't say I'm you not your family he says you're not my dad yeah okay yeah you're not yeah. my dad
0: so puppets is raping children <laughs> yes I think the puppet
1: is actually molestation what a fucked up movie and if you think about it you're controlling someone else.
0: That's fucked up. I bet puppete- mm. uh, puppetry people hate this movie.
1: Oh, I bet. I yes.
2: think, I mean, Philip I Philip kidnapped Michael Browning. You kid. think so? Absolutely. Because how many instances of the abused become the abuser?
1: Oh, I'm it's sure. A cycle. Quite a lot. And plus, you know, Morris didn't know where Michael Browning was. Didn't know who he was. He saw him on the, the train. Philip saw him on the train. Yeah, absolutely. There's so no I,
2: way that Morris would have found See, that's him why I
1: ask if Morris was real or not. Because I think what it was is he finally had the guts to go in that room where he was holding that boy. And when he got in there, he was confronted about who he was about to become and he chose to kill that part of him and not molest instead of actually going through with it becoming morris it sounds like there's a good argument to
2: say that morris was never there yeah. there's some. there's also something going on with the lighting of cigarettes that i think might have been yeah, symbolic also
0: a much less uh heady heady question serious question this movie's Labeled supernatural What's supernatural about it?
2: It's not It's. I think because the movie Doesn't let you know What it is That it could be Supernatural I, I, Until it tells you What it is at the
0: end yeah, I think mean, that's a red herring I think that's a yeah. misleading Statement on purpose right. That's fucked up <laughs> This is much more Of a lifetime movie Than a horror movie Philip and this puppet Need couples counseling That's all I'm saying yeah,
2: I, I think this movie's great. I think I would recommend it. Yes, it's a little long, but uh, just I think it's keeping not long, me guessing. It
0: feels long. Yeah, it's. I think it's like true.
1: I was watching I was like, oh, my God, this is like a three-hour movie. And I was like, it's only 70-something minutes. I was like, I was like holy yeah. shit. I was like, this feels like it's taking forever. Did you guys notice that scene where Morris is in there having dinner with a puppet? That little girl puppet? For yeah. the little, like, I saw it player.
2: sitting on the chair, and he yeah, was cause just he goes, eating he goes, dinner.
1: Because he goes, remember this? And he holds the puppet like from around the like door frame and it's like oh my god put that puppet away it's so creepy i think that was his father i think because it was a male puppet and it was like a really old old puppet from like old times i think that he made a puppet based off his abuse that fucked up because remember he said my father taught me how to do puppetry and mm. i'm i taught you and he's like but you're not my father and he's like you're right if the act of puppetry is abuse then yeah that's Ooh, the thing is, I think he was. I turtles think Morris, all the way down. Morris was carrying around his baggage. And instead of. And, and basically, I think that was the struggle that Philip had is like, do I become a quote unquote puppeteer, aka fucking pedophile molester, or do I stop the puppetry? Yeah, He chose not to do it. So I think that was his journey. His struggle is to not become what Morris was. And he had to fight Morris before. Because I think when he went in that room, it was to basically either fuck that kid or not fuck that kid. And I think he fought with Morris mentally and chose not to, to do that and let that kid go. Because when he opened that chest, that kid didn't look surprised. Like, oh, thank you, mister, for freeing me. He was just like, he looked like, oh, shit, it's you. I'm getting the fuck out of here. So I think Morris was all in his head. I mean, to be fair, that's the thing is this movie is deep. This movie's got like tons of fucking like visual and like metaphorical and symbolism and stuff like that. But again, it just was drug out. I recommend it.
0: I'd recommend it, too. I mean, it's a dreary fucking downer. I don't know that when you'd want to watch it. If if you're having a great day and want to feel shitty, uh, (laughs) just throw this guy on. But um, but it is unsettling. So I guess if you got 80 minutes to kill, have at it.
1: He runs like Tina from Bob's Burgers. Did you guys (laughs) notice that? I did not. But (laughs) now now it's a funny movie because you're just going to see that. (laughs) Every time he started running, I started laughing hysterically. I was like, oh, my God, you can't do that.
2: So
0: Garrett is a no. Uh, you He's know, a watch Bob's Burgers instead. I don't know. <laughs> he, this guy's a
1: little Norman Batesy, but like, you know, it's just, oh, it's, it's hard for me to recommend this as a, if, if someone was like, I'm looking for a good art film, I'd be like, yeah, you might enjoy Possum mm-hmm. because it's very good art. Fi- it's an art film first,
0: horror movie second and then I would say did you watch It Follows watch that first and then if you're into more of that I would actually watch watch It It Follows before I watch
1: this although I think It Follows lacks like the the art I think it it follows lacks the intelligence of this movie that's it this movie you have to like the thing is, is like I finished the movie and I was like, well, that was fucking garbage. And the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, this all ties together. Like, that's how I, I started piecing all the details together myself. And that's how I came up with this backstory. It's all there. Yeah. It's just I had to do the work. I think this movie is very clever.
2: And you told me, John, is like, did you watch it yet? And I was like, no. I was like, I, I'm i still thinking about it. Yes,
0: it did stick with me, 100%. That's why I recommend it. it and the symbolism,
2: the symbolism is clear enough that the, even the average viewer can put it together. Not one of those movies that, that like you dummies. You can no. I'm speaking for myself. Also, there's a lot of times. Uh, Sismalism goes straight over my head. Um, but this one, I think, was done well enough that I think anybody can piece it together.
1: I think once you think about it, you can piece it together. You like oh, right. the first watch. If you're not like if you stop and think and you're like, oh, oh, yeah. OK, that's yeah. what that is. We've been that's trained to kind of basically be like, here, tell us what the, tell us what we're supposed to be seeing and, and doing. And yeah. I think with that, we we're like, something's missing. And then you're like, oh, no, it's all there. But like you have to figure it out, like it, like honestly, it felt like a puzzle to me. Like, yeah. And now that I figured it out, I'm like, oh, this movie's way deeper. Yeah. Like as we were talking about it, I was like piecing together, like, oh my god, maybe he wasn't really there. Sure. Oh my god, maybe like you know, like that's that's him like having to overcome, like he had to make that choice. Um, so like discussing it, and you know, I think that's another thing also like about watching movies at home on streaming and stuff like that, and not with other people, you lose that dialogue. Especially for films like this, because this is one of those things like talking about it with you guys has really made it like has opened it up for me. It's like blossomed. And um, like, I'm like, oh, this is actually a fucking pretty like deep film. It's boring as shit at times, (laughs) but it's a really deep film. And I'm like, I don't want to hate it now. Like, I hated it when I first came here. Now I'm kind of like, yo, this is actually a solid film. But fuck me if it's not like 20 minutes too long you know like I know you have to make a movie X amount of time or else it's just hard to sell it it's but, already amazing it was below 90 minutes uh, but I think that should be I think that's something we have to change as an audience though is we have to accept the fact that you know like I'm gonna go see a, a 96 minute movie yeah I or, don't or a 60 minute movie
2: have to meet a quota of minutes needs to go out the window if if a product or a story or a creative idea needs to be X amount of length let it be X amount of length
0: there's so many people talking them, to you right, Hollywood yeah. there's so people
1: I know the right script is like well it's got to be this this long it's got to have this many pages and it's like i don't think so i think you can make a short movie a short movie i say short but like an hour-long movie and that should be okay yeah like i don't need as much as i'm excited about three and a half hours of avengers endgame give me <laughs> yeah. all of it i want more baby i want more but like <laughs> like i think if i knew like i'm gonna go see a solid ass hour-long movie and it's not gonna be longer than that i'd love that Yeah, like I it's so weird that our expectations kind of dictate what and I think I wonder how many times it's affected movies in a negative way Probably a lot often but often. then
0: again, you know, like I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, or maybe in the future, I've been watching older horror movies. A lot of them are like 69, 68 minutes long. It doesn't help them either. So, you know, you, there can be really short, really shitty movies too. Oh, absolutely. There's yeah. no doubt. A bad movie is a bad movie, yeah. but I'm thinking. I wonder like, when it changed because at least in the mid 60s, you could still get out a, you know, a movie that was slightly more than an hour. You'd also go to the, the movies back in the day and see like two movies back yeah. to back. Must so. have been in the 70s, I about
2: matinee well i don't have much else to say on this other than like i said i think everyone should go check it out
1: i'd recommend it with the caveat of saying it's a slow fucking burn and be prepared to think about it don't just leave it at the time of recording it's on
2: amazon prime so you can check it out with no cost to you and see what you think and with that we'll wrap it up thanks for joining us i'll see you next time